to be a dead. There's nothing quite like Halloween, don't you think, human Michael? Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite times of the year. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. There's, a uh, There's nothing quite... There's nothing quite like it. <laughs> Slagul, what... What's wrong? Man, you cry during almost every episode now. This time it's serious. I can't do this anymore. This show. You don't want to do the show anymore? Why? What happened? I just... I need a break. There's just too much pressure and my goo brain can't handle it. Does this have anything to do with you recently getting a new Butendo Witch gaming system? Uh, um, no, not at all. But now that you mention it, I did get this cool game called Goober's Revenge. And it's like, supposed to be like, super crazy good. Uh-huh. Well... There's no shame in taking breaks every now and then. Oh, uh, by the way, I checked out your YouTube page recently. Your Michael Mikey Mike channel. It's pretty good. Oh, nice. Thanks for checking it out. Yeah, that cheese punk guy is so great. I was having a blast eating some goo cheese while I was watching his vlogs. (laughs) It was pretty fun. What? No. No, don't watch that cheese punk guy. He's a weirdo. I don't know how, but that guy hacked into my YouTube account and started posting all these cheese vlogs. It's so annoying. You were supposed to check out my real vlogs. Those are the best. Oh, whoops. Okay, yeah, I I guess I'll check it out again. No worries. Yeah, I guess I'll have more time now to work on my Michael Mikey Mike YouTube videos now that Spooky Stories is taking a break. Forever? Uh, no comment. Listen, some things in life are just more important than spooky stories. Like me playing Goober's Revenge. That's pretty important. Okay, if you say so. Okay, one more order of business before we listen to some spooky stories. It's time for some fan mail. Anonymous writes, Hi, Slagool. I just love your spooky stories. I listen to you all the time with my little brother, James. Could you give a special message to my little brother, James, for me? It would mean the world. Thank you. Uh, 
Yeah, sure. Oh, hey there, little James. How are you, little buddy? Oh, uh, James, uh, guess what? I- I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you, little James. Late at night, when you least expect it, I'm gonna get you. Where will I be? Maybe I'll be waiting under your bed. Or maybe I'll be in your dark, dark closet. Or what if I'm in your hallway, just waiting for you to pass on through? Or perhaps I'm in your kitchen, waiting for you to get a midnight snack. Or maybe I'm in your toaster oven. Oh yeah, I'm in your toaster oven, waiting for you to toast your favorite Pop-Tarts. Will it be cherry-flavored or strawberry-flavored Pop-Tarts? Either way, I will gladly eat them when you're not looking. But don't worry, I only eat the gooey center. I'll leave you the crust, because it's my least favorite part. And then, when you reach your hand in the toaster to grab the leftovers, I'll bite your little fingies off. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. I'm kind of hungry, if you didn't notice. I haven't eaten a human in days. Uh, anyway, uh, now it's time for some spooky stories. The first story's called The Pickup. <laughs> A while back, I worked for a rideshare company up north. I was going to school at the time at a local community college, trying to transfer to university. I went to school mostly in the day, so I would typically drive weekends and nights, and most of the people I picked up were younger, usually going out to bars or coming back for the evening. It wasn't easy working and going to school at the same time, but the job paid for it. In all, I liked it, but there was one night I'll never forget. It happened on a rainy winter's night. I had started the shift late, around 9 o'clock, and had mostly taken a few people out to the local pubs. I had gotten about halfway through the night when I got a request for a pickup that wasn't typical. You see, our company had levels of customers based on how much they would pay or if they were an important person. This customer had paid the company enough for me to drop my current queue and drive about an hour up into the mountains to pick him up. Exactly where he was going I wasn't told, but in this rare case I wasn't allowed to make a decision and was required to pick him up before I could pick anyone else up. I didn't like it, but I needed to make money for the night, so I began to make my way to the pickup spot. The drive up the mountain wasn't easy. After getting off the freeway, A two-lane winding road was the only way up and down the mountain. There were other cars for the first bit, but after a while, 
the houses and cars got sparse. I remember as I made my way up the narrow road, the storm seemed to get worse, and the thick forest on either side began to sway, shedding its branches in the road in front of me. I heard the sound of thunder in the distance, but wasn't sure how close it would get to the mountain. I would stop every now and then and try to look at my phone to make sure I was heading in the right direction. I didn't get that good of reception up there, so my GPS would cut out from time to time. At this point, I hadn't seen cars for a while, and there were no signs of homes or houses around me. I had never been this far up this road, and the two-lane highway now began to merge into one narrow road. After about an hour of driving, I had finally gotten close to the pickup point. A small and conspicuous driveway off the side of the road led me through a large gate that had been left open. There was a security checkpoint, but no one was there, and the gates there were also lifted. I carefully turned past it, and as I turned the corner, I couldn't believe what I saw. It was dark, so I couldn't tell for sure, but it looked like I was on a landing strip for aircraft. The mountain had to be flattened out for a mile in each direction, and across the landing strip was a number of bunkers, and I don't know for sure, but but I think I saw the silhouette of a radio telescope above the bunkers. I looked down at my phone, and I don't know how I didn't notice it, but I had completely lost any signal. I went to open the app I used to manage my pickups, but it wouldn't connect to the network. As the rain came down behind me, I began toying with the idea of driving back down the road a bit to get better reception. I thought for a while, and figured I'd better head over to the bunkers at least to see if I could see anyone. Driving across the airstrip, I noticed a parked car. It was hard to look inside, but it looked like no one was in it. I waited for a while, looking around to see if I could see anyone. I looked down at my phone to see if I could get it to work, and then... The sound of something hitting the roof of my car made me jump out of my seat. I frantically looked around to see what it was. Then, out of my rear passenger window, I saw the silhouette of a man. I couldn't see his face well, but he began waving and knocking on the window, asking me to open the door. I wasn't sure at first, but decided to unlock my door and let him in. He opened my door and immediately threw a suitcase in the back seat and pulled himself in, closing the door behind him. Under the light of the cabin, I could see his face. He was an old man with a white beard. Did you request a pickup? I began to ask, but he waved his hand in front of me, as if requesting that I stop talking, and handed me a piece of paper. On it was a note, and simply said, I cannot talk. Take me to the drop-off point. It was strange. I really didn't know what to make of it, but when I looked back up at the man, he had this look on his face like I should get going immediately. Normally I would have refused the ride. But this whole situation was strange. I thought about it for a while and figured I'd better do it. I sighed and put my car into drive and began down the mountain. As I drove, the storm got even worse. Thunder had gotten closer and the sky began to light up with blue lightning. The man behind me remained silent but seemed to constantly shift in his seat nervously. I didn't like his demeanor. There was obviously something wrong with him. And every now and then, he 
he would look out the back window intently, as if he was worried something might be following us. My phone still wasn't working, and I just wanted to get down the mountain as fast as I could. But with the storm getting worse, I had to drive slower and slower. I had never seen rain like this before in my life. Eventually, the rain was coming down so hard, I swear I couldn't see an inch in front of me no matter how fast my wipers were going. I slowed to a crawl, and then, after hearing the sound of gravel beneath my wheels, I realized I had to stop. I wasn't driving on the road anymore. I sat looking out my windshield and my side windows, trying to decipher exactly where I was, but I couldn't see anything. I looked back at the man behind me. He had his hands cupped over his eyes and was staring intently out of the rear window. The lightning was now coming down close to us, and I had had enough of him not talking. I had never been stranded in a storm like this, and I wasn't okay sitting in a car with this man during it. Okay, who are you and why did you need me to come up here? I blurted it out. I was a little worried how he would respond, but he only turned to me with an apologetic expression on his face and then turned back to look out the window. Lightning struck no more than 50 feet from us. I wanted to continue driving, but I still couldn't see. Then I began hearing something else, something that was coming from behind us, and it was getting closer. It was hard to tell what it was. It almost sounded like voices, but the voices were a mixture of high and low tones and whispers, and with it came this rumbling sound. That was the first time I heard something come from the man's mouth. Oh, what is that? But he didn't respond. He merely shifted more nervously in his seat and frantically rubbed his brow as if trying to devise a plan or something. What is that? I shouted at him. He put his hands on his head as if overwhelmed. Then the voices got louder and soon they seemed to be all around the car, all around us. I turned around and put the car in drive, but then the car stalled and turned off. Oh, great. I tried to turn the engine over, but it wouldn't start. The rain was still coming down, now even harder, and I couldn't see anything past the windows. But the voices, they seemed to be coming right up against the glass now. Then, they started to move toward the side of the car the man was on, back behind me and to the right. The man immediately shifted away from his window and was now nearly lying down on the back seat trying to get away from the windows. I looked back at the man and couldn't believe it. It looked like there were fingers pressing against the man's window, but they weren't normal. They looked like they were coming from one hand, but there had to be 20 of them. It looked as if they were feeling their way around, and then they disappeared, and then I heard the sound of the door opening. Then the door slowly opened. At this point, I knew it wasn't safe in the car, the voices were mainly focused to the back of the car, so I decided to make a run for it. I turned around and opened my door. I got myself out of the car and then tried to pull the man out with me, but he wouldn't let me pull him. He just pushed me off. Go, he said. I felt bad leaving him, but I had to run. I didn't know what was going on. Outside the car, I could barely make out the road beneath my feet, but I just started running. The voices didn't seem to care about me, and they faded into the distance as I ran.
I don't know how far I ran down that road, but I eventually came across another car. It was a woman driving with her two kids. She opened her window and asked what had happened. It was hard for me to get out the story to her, but she caught the drift that I had to leave my car behind. She picked me up and drove me to the police station. I spent the night there, explaining to them what had happened, what I saw. Despite my story being so crazy, they took it seriously and sent a few police officers up the mountain to search for my car, but they couldn't find anything that night in the rain. It wasn't until the next day that they found my car off the side of the road in a turnout. There was nothing wrong with it and no signs of the man or his suitcase. I worked with the police over the next few weeks trying to figure out what had happened. Apparently on top of the mountain, there's some sort of military base, but from what the federal agents said, there wasn't supposed to be anyone up there. To this day, I don't know who that man was or what happened that night, but that's one pickup I'll never forget. You know, I can relate to this story. My rideshare drivers always run away screaming whenever they come to pick me up. They act like they've never seen a ghoul before. That's pretty messed up. They should be more respectful. I know. But it's okay. I always get the last laugh. Or last gulp, if you know what I mean. So you ate them? Yeah. This next story is called The Strange Visitor. Hello, can I help you? Wesley asked, looking at the elderly man that was standing before him on his porch. Oh, hi. You don't know me, but I used to live in this house many moons ago. I just happened to be in the neighborhood and wanted to see if maybe I could do a quick walkthrough. For old time's sake. Oh, uh, well, I'm kind of busy. The old man frowned and hung his head low. You know what? Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you can come in and check out the place. Come on in. A huge, wrinkled grin spread across the old man's face. Thank you so much. Come on in. What's your name? Name's Jimmy. Jimmy Stewart. Oh, like the actor. I'm not familiar with the Jimmy Stewart besides myself. You know, James Stewart. He was in Rear Window, Vertigo, and a bunch of other classic films. Films? Uh, that's okay. Wow. So much has changed since I've been here. When did you live here, Jimmy? Many, many moons ago. The house was built by my father. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, truthfully, I don't know much about the house's history, so maybe I can learn something from you. I only moved into this place a couple of months ago. They made their way into the living room. We 
used to have many gatherings here. People loved to visit us. The only problem was they never wanted to leave. They wanted to stay forever. Nice. Yeah, I plan on having more guests over soon. Do you live nearby, Jimmy? Uh, yes and no. I just kind of drift around. This! What is this? Jimmy pointed to a Halloween decoration of a human bone. This is not at all accurate. It's not a real femur bone. Uh, yeah, it's a Halloween decoration. Did you work in the medical field or something? Yes, something like that. They continued into the kitchen. Where did you put the brick oven? Wow, it really has been a long time since you lived here, huh? They must have gotten rid of the brick oven a while ago. I don't see any trace of it. Well, it used to be right here. And over here's where we'd hang our butcher knives. And this is where we'd cut and prepare the meat. Oh, how I miss those delicious meats. So tender and juicy. I like my meat rare. Very rare. You see, I don't mind a little blood. Jimmy licked his lips. Uh, yeah, I'm vegetarian, so I can't really relate. It was at this point that Wesley noticed Jimmy had a big gash on his cheek. It almost looked like you could see some of Jimmy's teeth poking through the gash. Hey, are you doing okay? Ignoring Wesley's question, Jimmy turned robotically and walked stiffly down the hallway. Uh, where is he going? So, yeah, uh, it's been nice showing you around, but I have some things I have to do now. Uh, Jimmy? Where'd you go? Jimmy? Jimmy? Wesley checked his bedroom when he heard... Uh, what are you looking at in my closet, Jimmy? Jimmy was standing in the closet doorway with his back facing Wesley, looking into the closet. <laughs> okay, uh, I think this tour's done now. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, sorry. Sorry about that. It's just, I was having so much fun remembering old times. Okay, well, I have some things to do now, so yeah. Okay, then I will be gone with the wind, as they say. Jimmy walked out of the bedroom. Wesley peeked quickly into the closet to see what Jimmy was looking at, but saw nothing out of the ordinary. Then Wesley went to help show Jimmy out. Look, I'm sorry to kick you out, it's just... Uh, Jimmy? Wesley looked around, but didn't see Jimmy anywhere. He went to the front door and saw that it was wide open. Okay, good. He must have let himself out. That was getting pretty uncomfortable. Actually, maybe I better look around just to make sure he did leave. 
So Wesley searched the house high and low and was relieved to not find Jimmy anywhere. What was up with him with my bedroom closet? Wesley went over again to his bedroom closet. I wonder what he was laughing at. Wait a second. What is this? Wesley inspected the wooden panels on the wall. There seemed to be some uneven wooden panels. He put pressure on one of the boards and saw that it was loose. He pulled back the board. There seemed to be some space behind the boards, maybe even a room. He pulled out a couple more boards. Then he took out his phone and used the light on his phone to try to see better. What the hell? It seemed there was some kind of small room behind the panels. Wesley managed to squeeze through the opening and went into the hidden room. He swatted away some cobwebs. Then he saw something. Something horrible. What the shit? It was a giant shrine covering the entire wall. A shrine made of human skulls and bones. Thousands upon thousands of big and small skulls and bones that were unmistakably human. Oh, I'm gonna be sick. There was a wooden chair in front of the shrine, and sitting in the chair was a skeleton. A skeleton that was wearing the same clothes as Jimmy. But, but how? Suddenly, Wesley's phone turned off, and the room went completely dark. Wesley looked around, but saw only darkness. Someone must have closed off the exit. Hey, let me out. <laughs> Jimmy? It's feeding time. <gasps> Oh, such a heartwarming story. I'm so glad it was a happy ending, and that poor ghoul got to eat his human of choice. The final story is called The Analog Curse. Hey, dude, check out this vintage synthesizer I got. Oh, sweet! Yeah, I want to start a new synthwave project. You know, the 80s outrun aesthetic? Cyberpunk lo-fi? In The Simpsons? Oh, hell yeah! There's one weird thing, though. I can play individual notes okay, but when I try to make them into a chord, it makes this evil sound. Oh, shit! Dude, that's not good! I have this gear tech friend, Larry, who can look at it. You should hit him up! Okay. Okay. I got the probes connected to the scope. Try playing that chord again and let me check the signal. Okay. Another chord. Okay. One more. Okay, that's enough. Your shit's haunted. Oh my god. What should I do? Well, I actually know a bit about that topic as well. Half the gear that comes through this shop is cursed with some old musician ODing during a recording session. You're gonna have to give the spirit what it wants. Come down to my lab and I'll show you. I've been in communication with the supernatural for some time now. 
So I've got all the tools of the trade. Back EMF modulator. Digital analog transmutilator. A silly multiscopal meter reader. Over this, I think we just hook a speaker up to it. Okay, let's listen carefully. Did you hear that? Otherworldly spirit of the beyond, tell us what you desire. Oh, come on. Don't you think that's how you got yourself into this mess? Yes, we are all very scared. What do you want, oh spooky spirit? Reunion. Reunion? A reunion? Ah, oh, you mean a reunion tour. You want your music back out there. Well, hey, we have some musicians here. Let me find us up a drummer and we might be able to pull this off. Awesome! We're going on tour! Hey, Joey, did you pass me that cable? I need to get packed for the gig. Sure. Hey, so Larry said he dug into your keyboard serial number? Dude, that thing used to belong to Dickard Tallywacker. Remember him? He was in Kingdom Come, one of the biggest classic rock bands of the 70s. You're being haunted by rock royalty. Ugh, classic rock. You know I'm more into the 80s sound these days. Dude, you better not piss off Dickard during the show. Ass being on stage. Hey guys, follow my lead on this one. Wow, my keyboard, it's working now. We did it, we got rid of the curse. Man, hey, what the fuck are you doing? We gotta get out of here. Go, go, go. Hey, what's wrong? It's cool. The curse is broken. Like hell it is. You two better lay low. I'm gonna bunker down in my shop for a week. Got a lot of amps that need tube jobs. I gotta work tomorrow at the record store. Dude, do you want to swing by for lunch tomorrow? Uh, yeah, sure. That sounds good, Joey. I'll see you then. Next day, I woke up and went out for a coffee. Nothing strange was going on, so I figured I'd swing by the record shop and visit Joey on the way back. As I turned the corner to the record store... I saw a bunch of police cars and fire trucks out. Excuse me, officer, what's going on in there? There's been an accident. No one's allowed in. My friend's in there. Joey! Joey! Your friend is dead, mister. Oh, all of records collapsed on him while he was reorganizing the bottom shelf. What? So you need to leave now. Oh my god. That can't be. Joey was never one to organize. I started running to Larry's shop. I didn't know where else to go. He's got to know what to do. Oh my god, not Larry too. There's been an accident. No one's allowed in. What the hell happened? The shop owner was electrocuted. Whole place smells like someone left a poik roast on in the oven too long. Oh my god. But Larry's been working on high voltage electronics since elementary school. That doesn't sound right. Yous need to leave. I started walking down the street in a daze. Was this the curse? Was it my fault my two friends are dead? I could hardly think. Then I realized 
I was hearing a deafening humming sound. What was that? Am I going crazy? I better go to a doctor now. So how's it look, Doc? Am I going crazy? It appears so. Your ears are perfectly fine. Huh? What? Drink some water and rest up. I could hardly hear what the doctor said. Something just isn't right. As I make my way down the hall to the parking lot, I start seeing fuzzy static in my vision. What the hell? The static grows and grows until it engulfs my full field of view. The humming noise keeps getting louder and louder. I can't find my car. I can't hear myself think. I can't even hear myself scream! There's nothing more comforting than the sounds of humans screaming. Well, that does it for this episode, and maybe forever. I want to give a big thank you to all those out there who are listening. We really appreciate it. Also, a special thank you to all the Spooky Stories writers, James, John, Kevin, and Michael. Y'all have spooked me silly over these last two years, and the show would not exist without you guys. So, from the bottom of my cold, dead heart, thank you. Oh, uh, also, you owe me some reimbursement money? On behalf of the Spooky Stories writers, you're welcome. Wait, why do we owe you money? Your stories made me goo my diapies. I spent a lot of money on diapers over the years because of you guys. So yeah, if you could just leave the diaper reimbursement check on my tomb, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, we'll get right on that. Anywho, we hope you enjoyed listening and hope you have a happy Halloween! (laughs) Happy Halloween! And check out my YouTube, Michael Mikey Mike. Stay spooky, my fellow ghouls. Okay. Okay.